0: Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we can open up our Bibles and we can read your truth, Lord, that has been inspired from the Holy Spirit who came upon men to write and record the words of God, and we thank you that, Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet, God, and it's a light to our path. Lord, we live in a world that's so full of confusion and chaos, but, Lord, we thank you that we can open up your word and we can find truth, Lord, in a world where there's so many voices of of so many lies and opinions of man telling us to go this way and do this and try that, but, Lord, we want none of that. We want to be led by you, God. Because we know that your ways lead to life eternal, Lord. So, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, speak through me, Lord, your word of truth this morning. And, Lord, encourage hearts. Encourage your church this morning, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You and I both will agree that sometimes when you read through your Bible, you can come across certain passages that you just can't quite wrap your head around. Or am I the only one? I'm the only one. Show me your hand if you you can resonate with that truth, right? It's like, okay, God, what do you mean by this? And I know that oftentimes when Cindy and I do our family devotions on Saturdays with our kids, typically we pick a, Bible, a book of the Bible and we just read through it. And that allows for a lot of conversation in which a lot of times my wife will direct a lot of conversation. She gets really deep into it. And one thing we're talking about, John chapter 1, where the word was in the beginning, and then we're in Revelation and Genesis. And she just takes us on. It's wonderful. But a lot of times we can come across passages where we start to question, what does this mean? And there's times where even I will say, I'm not too sure. And we talk about it. And we pray about it. Because none of us know everything. I'm sorry if I just burst your bubble. But none of us know everything. And there's many people in this world that have read and studied scriptures full time to find answers of what it means. Things like how the world began. How it all started. How old is the world? How old is the earth? There's people that believe there's uh, young earth and there's, there's an old earth. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Really, the resurrection of the dead, that that happens? Miracles, signs, and wonders? Gifts of the Holy Spirit? Is that for now? Is it not for now? There's all these different questions regarding certain topics of Scripture. The devil, who is Satan? Heaven, hell? What is sin? How will the world in the end times look? How is it all going to happen? Is Jesus going to come before tribulation, or in the middle of tribulation, or after tribulation, what is tribulation? Google what is tri- help me, somebody. There's things that can be co- more complicated that we all come across. There's many questions that will arise, and they should arise. We should ask questions. And I also want to say that every time you hear something here, I encourage you to read it and confirm it in your Bibles. A lot of times we'll try to lead you through Scripture on the screen, but follow along and make sure we're not lying to you. Because you want to make sure that it is God's truth being taught. Amen? I want to make sure. Let me tell you, preaching God's Word, whether it's to 25 people or 2,500 people, it is a high responsibility and it's something that I take very seriously. And it's it's not easy because there's opposition, but we want to make sure as preachers and teachers that we're presenting truth. Not our own doctrine, but what does the Bible say? What does it teach? And if we're unsure, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal. Teach me, Lord. He's the teacher, right? So... That's the story for all of us, but there's many questions, and the Bible gives many answers. Praise God, there's a lot of clear answers in Scripture as well, amen? But we certainly don't understand everything. Now, if you're a teenager, you probably know everything, because that's what you think when you're a teenager. But that's incorrect. You don't know everything coming from me, myself, been there, done that, I was wrong. It is not true. But the Bible talks about it in Romans chapter eleven, verses thirty-three to thirty-four. It says, O oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways, past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Question mark. Or who has become his counselor? Question mark. The New Living Translation says How impossible it is for us to understand God's decisions and His ways. Who knows enough to give Him advice? Does anybody want to stand up and answer that question? Is anybody here wise enough to give God advice? Has anybody here given God advice? No, Lord, I see it's like this, but I think it should go like this, right? We've all been there. But Scripture says none of us are smart enough or wise enough to give God advice. We, we don't understand his ways. It's impossible for us to fully understand God. And he's left it like that. He wants us to seek after him and search after him. Like an archaeologist would search after bones of dinosaurs or my friend Pat's into antiques. It's like an antique guy. I mean, in fact, he actually searches. He does metal detecting. And he, you know, beep, beep, beep. And then he starts to dig and he finds treasure. God wants us to seek and find and pursue after him. Amen. Amen? And that's what scripture says. We can certainly know God, yes, but we will never fully understand the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 says, For now, presently, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. God says right now, we only see in part, we only see through our own Understanding at times where we have to pray and ask God for more wisdom and understanding of certain things, but we only see the things of God dimly right now. It's like looking through a mirror. And back in those in the Bible days, the mirrors were not like today's mirrors. It was fact in fact it was like sheets of metal that they would have and they would polish them. And you could imagine polishing somehow a sheet of metal. You're not gonna see very clearly into that. And that's the illustration we find in Scripture of, of our understanding of the things of God. We see dimly. There's times where for some reason, my wife and I are in the bathroom. She's combing her hair and I'm brushing my teeth. And we start a conversation and I'm looking at her through the mirror. And I'm just like, what am I doing this for? I'm not going to fully understand all her eye movements in the way that she talks to me. So I turn and look directly at her. You can't fully get the picture through a mirror. It's dim. It is dim of how we see all of the ways of the Lord. And so this morning I actually want to start a series with you. And I want to talk in part number one here. I want to talk, preach a series the next number of weeks about the spirit realm. God put this on my heart about a month ago. And I'm just trusting his direction as far as what he wants to be spoken. But there is a spiritual realm all around us. We live in the natural realm, but there is an unseen world, as the Bible calls it, or a heavenly realm. There is a spiritual realm all around us. And we all know Genesis chapter 1 very well, at least you should. If you don't, open up your Bibles to the first few pages, you'll find Genesis chapter 1. But it starts in Genesis 1, this whole concept of the spirit realm. Genesis 1 verses 1 through 2. The very first verse in our Bibles. In the beginning of all time, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I have a photo available. I'm not sure if it's queued up there. There's a picture of the earth that God made. So in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. This is a picture of our planet, planet earth, from 20 kilometers away. 20 kilometers away. You can see the circle of the earth. If you think the earth is flat, you are wrong. The earth is not flat. It is very clearly round. It is a circle. And the Bible says that in the very beginning, God created the earth. And the Bible says that his spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters, so before there was anything created, there was nothing but there was something, and there was God and sometimes you can't wrap your mind fully around that concept of the very beginning of time when the earth was formless, and there was nothing but blackness and void and and but then it reads and tells us that the Spirit of God was there. Jesus hadn't come yet, but the Spirit of God was hovering. And He knew His plan right from that time. Amen? And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, that God sits above the circle of the earth. God is... So picture that. That's our earth there. And God is somewhere above that. God is looking down above... The earth, he sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. So, regarding the creation of the earth, when when this whole idea of the spiritual realm, when the spirit of God was hovering before anything was that is now, listen to some of the reality of the universe that God has created. The circumference of the earth is about 41,000 kilometers. If you got on your bicycle and started biking around the earth, you're going to have to go 41,000 kilometers around. The earth, being that large, the earth is orbiting around the sun. We all know that, right? My fist is the sun. This is the earth, and it's orbiting around the sun, Right now, we're far away from the sun because it's cold. It's January. But the earth is orbiting around the sun, listen, at approximately 107,000 kilometers, taking 365 days to go around. It's going fast. And it takes the whole year around, going 107,000 kilometers Also, while orbiting, the earth is also spinning. So while it orbits the sun, it is also spinning like this at approximately 1,600 kilometers an hour. That's you and I, and we don't feel a thing. Do you feel a thing? We're not flopping all over, but that is some truth about the earth that God has made. Now, this next photo here is a photo taken of planet Earth Not from 20 kilometers away, but this photo is taken 6 billion kilometers away in 1990 by the Voyager 1 space probe. And it's called the pale blue dot. How many of you have seen this photo before? It's a very cool picture. But like you can see, you don't see much. But you can see outer space, the universe. And you can see that little dot there from 6 billion kilometers away is you and I. And that little dot is spinning 1,600 kilometers per hour while orbiting the sun 107,000 kilometers, and it goes around like that for 365 days. And that's what God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it all started in the spiritual realm in the very beginning. Now, astronomers also estimate that there are about Listen, 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone. 100,000 million stars in the Milky Galaxy way alone. Um, Outside of that, there are also millions upon millions of other galaxies also. And we also have a photo of stars. And you know the Bible says that God has called every star by what? By name. That is the magnificent God we serve. And it started when he began in the very beginning, hovering over nothing. He began to speak these things forth from the spirit realm. God in his sovereignty, God who just simply was, began to speak and create. We serve an amazing God. And that is, that's not even the tip of the iceberg of what other people who are smarter than me could tell you about God's creation regarding planet Earth and our amazing universe that we live in. But listen, beyond what any spaceship can discover or any discovery channel under the sea, above in the the stars of outer space, or whatever any scientist can reveal, despite what we see, there is more to what we can see. In these photos that we see, in the vast uh, amount of the universe, and we're just a little pale blue dot, there's so much more that we don't see. And it is simply called the unseen world in which the Bible calls it. There is such thing. We find in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things that we can see, and he made the things that we cannot see. Do you hear that? There's things that God made that nobody has seen. Whether that's they haven't seen it yet, or whether they'll never see it, they'll never find it, they'll never discover it. He made things we see and things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Listen, in the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. And as we live and go about our lives here on earth, we go to work, we enter into different relationships, we get married we have children. We just live our lives. We live. You and I live on planet Earth with our five senses. That's how we live. That's how we get, get up, go around get, getting about our days. We live by our five natural senses. Sense number one is touch. Maybe you received a handshake this morning from somebody. Welcome, brother. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord. And they shook your hand. Or they hugged your neck or you like to pet your dog, or you swing a hammer at work, or you play smartphone games at night before bed. I don't know, but we live by the sense of touch. We live by the sense of sight, the natural sense of sight. We see the sunrise. We see the snow. We see thunderstorms coming in. We see people all around us here this morning, and we see our smartphone screens as well. We live by the sense of hearing. We hear music, we hear voices, we hear people laughing, we hear people crying, and we hear smartphone notifications, right? That's how it works. We also live with sense of smell, bacon. Thank you, I was waiting for that, amen. Need I say anything more of sense of smell? We smell bacon, praise the Lord Jesus for bacon. Thank the Lord that we can eat bacon. We're free to eat bacon. Just pray over it. Amen? But we're free to do that. <laughs> Praise God. But you smell bacon on Saturday mornings when your wife is cooking it for you. You smell your wife's perfume when she throws perfume on in the morning before church. You smell your husband's body odor after a long day at work. You smell fresh air at the beach. We went to Prince Edward Island a few years ago. First time out there. And you can just smell the ocean. And you... You smell it. You don't want to come back because you're drawn by your sense of smell to the East Coast, says the Lord. It didn't work for me, but that's what I was going for. We live with sense of taste. Bacon, once again. Donuts, fruits, vegetables, and bubble gum. You stick a piece of bubble gum, the flavors go nuts in your mouth. But we live on earth in our natural senses that God has given us. And these senses send information to our brain to help us understand and perceive the world that we live in. We wouldn't understand things if we didn't know what our senses were. If our senses weren't working, we wouldn't fully understand the world in which we live. And the Bible teaches that there is an unseen spiritual world all around us that our natural senses will not do any good for. We need God. We need His truth. We need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives into the spiritual things that are a reality around us so that we can understand the ways of God. And so in part one of this series, The Unseen World, I simply want to look very quickly at the invisible God. The invisible God. The the God from the very beginning of time who spoke these things into existence he is the invisible god the bible tells us and we read in the new testament where paul the apostle mentions scripture of the invisible god in first timothy chapter 1 verse 17 it says all honor and glory to god forever and ever he is the eternal king the unseen one who never dies he alone is god the new king james version says He is the invisible God. You can't see him. Sometimes people will claim, I saw God. No, you didn't. He's invisible. God can speak to you. He has ways to speak. He can move you. He He can lead your life. But no one has ever seen God, the Father. No one. He is unseen. He is invisible. In the beginning, there was God who was the unseen God. We read in Psalm chapter 90, verse 2: Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Sometimes people say, Well, if God exists and He was in the very beginning, and it's like, Who created God? Who formed God? And that's another thing that we'll never fully grasp. Amen? I think my son asked me that question some time ago. But, well, who created God? And it's like God is uncreated. He simply is just God. And you and I this morning can never explain that. We can't explain it. We just simply need to, to trust Him. And He's revealed His reality through the Holy Spirit. He's opened our eyes to His truth, that, that His Word is truth. We don't need to understand every single thing. There's no point in arguing over certain doctrinal beliefs. We can have discussions, but, but why argue about things where the Bible's not completely crystal clear? Who can fathom God? Who can understand God? Who can hear, as we read, can give God advice? None of us can. But the Bible says that God is from everlasting to everlasting. Another version says it's from eternity to eternity. He's just always been there. And don't try to understand it in your mind. You'll never get there. You'll only become frustrated. So many, there's so many skeptics who question every single thing regarding the Lord. And all God wants to do is offer eternal life. And it's true, the Holy Spirit can only draw someone to him. We need the Holy Spirit to enlighten, like he did Saul. He took scales off of his eyes so Saul could see Jesus for who he really was. But God is just eternal. He's always been there. And he decided, at what, and he's, he has no time. He doesn't have a watch on. He doesn't follow our time. He He's just God, just being God Almighty, ruler of all things. And in Genesis 1, whenever that was, he just began at that point to create, including you and I, so he could have relationship with us, so we could worship him and give him glory, and we could know him and he could know us. He's from everlasting to everlasting, and he will continue for all time in our understanding to be the God of everlasting, God of all eternity. He's always simply existed. He was not created. He is creator. But he's invisible. We don't see him. And this is why we talk simply about walking by faith. If you, in your Christian journey, try to discover everything about God in the natural world we live in, you will be disappointed. Yes, he can reveal things in the natural. He has plans for you here on earth. He has people he wants you to meet. He has things he wants you to accomplish and to enjoy. He wants to bless you. He wants you to enjoy life on earth, but never put your trust and your faith in things of earth. We put our trust in him and his truth, and we walk by faith. And it is a daily journey. A daily journey, walking by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 11, verse 1, very familiar. It says, faith is the assurance of things that are hoped for and the conviction or evidence of things not seen. Our faith this morning in God is the very evidence we need even though we don't see Him. It's our faith. That's why people can argue and people might even win an an argument battle with you. There's people out there that know Bible, their Bible more than I do, and they're quick to bring up Scripture, and they're, not, they're, they're, they're questioning the things of God. And there's times where it's like, man, you get stuck of what to say, and you, you come to this final answer where it's like, I just know by faith. My faith is the evidence of things not seen. How do you know heaven's your eternal home? Because God said it in His Word. He's revealed it to me by the Holy Spirit as I've walked by faith. But its I believe it with all of my heart. I would die for it. People have given their lives for their faith. Their faith in what? Their faith in the unseen, invisible God. It's easy to follow and worship a God who's real. Who's in the flesh. And many people, in fact, are deceived by fleshly false gods. Remember, in, remember Israel, God was taking a long time with Moses. And they got impatient, so they created their own God. And they made the golden statue and they said, this is the God who delivered us from slavery. No, that's not the God. You see, we can become impatient because we can't see him work. Do you see God working in your life all the time? No. The majority of time, it is walking by faith, waiting upon him. Waiting upon him. Trusting him more. Knowing that behind the scenes, God is working something out for you. But you don't see it. But you can get impatient. And it's when you become impatient that you're tempted to figure it out on your own. Like the people of Israel making the golden idol. And giving that the glory for their deliverance from Egypt. And we know that didn't end well for them. Not at all. But faith is the things, hope, the assurance of things hoping for and the evidence of things that we don't see. Jesus, in fact, after Jesus rose back to life again, he revealed himself to his people, his disciples, and they saw him. And they went and ran to Thomas, who wasn't there at that time, and said, Thomas, Jesus is alive. And Thomas said, I will not believe. Listen, Thomas was a follower of Jesus. Thomas was a disciple of Christ. He walked with him those three years. He saw miracles and Lazarus being rose from the dead. He heard all the preaching and teaching that Jesus said about the kingdom of heaven. He he knew that Jesus had to die. And he knew that Jesus said, don't worry, I'm going to die, but I'll raise myself back to life again. He knew that. But then the time came when Jesus was dead for three days, and now he's being told he's alive. He says, I will not believe until I see the prince from the nails in his body. We can be like that so often as well. I will not believe until I see an answer to prayer finally. I've been waiting so long. How long is he expecting me to wait for? I'm getting Angry and weary and tired and impatient. And God says, wait upon me. But Thomas says, I will not believe. And so Jesus, in his mercy and goodness, went to Thomas. And it says in John chapter 20, it says that Jesus showed himself. Look, it is me. I am alive. And he showed him what he wanted to see. And John 20 verse 29 says, Jesus speaking to uh, Thomas, you believe me because you've seen me. But blessed are those people who believe without seeing me. That's you and I today. We don't see Jesus. We don't see God. For three and a half, for 33 years, people saw Christ before he died and ascended to heaven. But that's not us. And Jesus says, you believe in me because you see me. I'm right in front of you. But blessed are those people who believe in me even though they don't see me. Even though they don't see me. 1 John 4, verse 12 teaches us that no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. Now, there is an Old Testament account of Moses talking with God. It says face to face. It says that in Scripture. In Exodus 33, verse 11, it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses, this is in the Old Covenant, of course, The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So like I'm speaking to you, it says that God spoke to Moses face to face. But then in Exodus 33, verse 18 to 20, Moses says, please, Lord, show me your glory. And he says, I will make all of my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But God says, you cannot see my face. Why? For no man shall see me and live. We will never be able to see God in his full glory. We die. So when it says in Exodus thirty-three eleven that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, it wasn't a literal face to face conversation. No one has seen God, but God can speak in such a way. And in this time, in this account, the Lord would speak to certain people in an audible voice. He would speak from heaven. And the Holy Spirit was also revealed in the Old Testament in another way than we see in the New Testament. But God would speak so often in an audible way to His people to lead them and to guide them. But no one has ever seen God. He is invisible. It was Jesus on earth that people would see because Jesus is God. John 1 verse 18 says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Or he has made known God. The Bible says, Jesus has made known to the world God. Because Jesus came fully God, fully man, and he revealed God. You want to know God? People want to know God? Get to know Jesus. He is God. He's the fullness of God. Of God. The Bible says that Jesus is the visible image of the what? Invisible God. Jesus is fully God. And that's what he taught and preached. And a lot of people hated it. In fact, he was killed for it. (laughs) A lot of these truths that we hear that we can't fully wrap our mind around. You even read in John chapter 6. Jesus was teaching about how He's the bread from heaven. And many disciples left him and didn't follow him any longer, the Bible says. And Jesus turned to his other disciples and said, will you also leave? And they said, where else are we going to go? You you hold the words of eternal life. So let the world say what they want to say, church. Let people, even in your own families, say what they want to say. You're going to hear all sorts of opinions to say, what do you believe in this God for? But but we need to stand our ground and love and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you by faith. Though I walk alone, I will I will walk alone. I will follow God. Even though I don't see him, he's revealed himself to me by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Colossians 1:15 says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, right there in scripture. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Jesus Christ, fully God, is supreme over everything. Everything is Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, there's one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ, Jesus. Do you understand that our sin cut off relationship with God? And the reason why Jesus came was so that our sins could be forgiven, but so that our relationship with God the Father could be restored and we could be redeemed and brought back into relationship with God the Creator. And Jesus is the mediator or the one who stands in between. He's like a bridge between the, the, the between man and between God. And he came and he saved us. He died. He paid the price for our sins. And he makes us right in relationship with God once again. He is the mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Romans 1 verse 20 as I wrap up shortly. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth, people see the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. This is a a bold passage here. There's no excuse for people not to believe in God. What they do is they believe lies from the enemy, He is the father of lies. He speaks lies. God doesn't love you. You've done too many wrong things. Look at your mother and your father. They forsook you. They rejected you. Look at people, how they hurt you. How could a loving God love you when you've gone through all that you've gone through? And lies spurred on by Satan himself are spoken to you trying to cause you to look away from God when the Bible says that we have no excuse for not knowing him. Because it says here, through everything that God made, we can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. We look and see how a baby is is created inside of the womb. How God in his infinite wisdom caused a man and a woman, a husband and wife, to be able to make a baby. And a human being begins to grow inside of a woman. Many of you have experienced that. I thank the Lord I'm a man. (laughs) when it comes to that but it's, it's miraculous how could that be anything other than god and his miracle working power his creative power we look at the animals, we look at the trees, we look at weather, we look at oceans. Why is it that oceans don't flood over all the land all the time? The Bible talks about it in Genesis that God, he put an order and a command over the waters of the earth that they would go here and no further. Did you know that? God spoke that. God has created this magnificent world that many people give, they, they give science the credit for it they give stardust stars exploding and then stardust eventually becomes people or or fish come up on shore and then that it sits there for a million years and then it be, it starts to walk or monkeys or things like that these crazy ideas that many of them are are really believing happen and there's so much science that they they bring into it and, and, and they question everything. And God just simply wants us to trust him alone. And to allow his love. It's his love that changes people. It's not all the answers of why. Explain to me creation. Explain to me every single thing about God. Prove to me every single question about God. We can't do that. But we can tell people. We can testify that listen. I was lost in sin and darkness. I was depressed. I was in a mess in my life, and God's love came, and Jesus forgave me in my sin, and I don't have that weight of sin anymore. That's been taken from me, and there's no explanation because I tried in my own life to, to, to hide that sin or to leave that discouragement, but I needed God, and finally it's God who delivered me. That's why I trust Him. That's why I live for Him. That's why I have this faith to believe in what Scripture teaches, even though I don't fully understand it. Amen? It's our testimony of the love of God that changes this world. Above everything else that Christians can offer this world, love is the most important. Love is the greatest. They will know we are God's people by our love. Amen? So, as I close, people want to see. Show me something and then I'll believe. Like Thomas. People want to feel. I don't feel it. And even you and I, we can, we can fall into that trap where it's I don't feel God. And, and believe me, I remember there was a time in my life not too long ago where I know it was Satan and it was, it was demonic evil spirits that were lying to my mind. And for some time, and I'm not even sure if Cindy knows this, but I'm just being honest with you. For some time, I would even have thoughts of questioning am I really saved? If I were to die today, I don't think I'd make it to heaven. And there was there was no reason for that. But that's that's how it is. We don't go by feelings. Your feelings are lies, liars. <laughs> Your emotions we walk by faith, not by feelings. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we lean not on our own understanding. Don't ever do that. And when you're struggling like I have in my life with your feelings, you need to just remind yourself and remind the Lord of his promises. God, you are with me. I am a, a child of God. Like we sang, I am who you say I am. I, I have been saved. I have received eternal life. My sins are, have been washed away. By the blood of Jesus, you need to remind those lies in the enemy. But people want to see and people want to feel. But God simply wants us to believe even when we don't see, even when we don't feel. God wants us to believe even when we're frustrated at trying to figure out something in our Bibles. God wants us to believe and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten your understanding, to show you, God, what does your word mean? What does your word mean? Again, as I close, 1 Corinthians thirteen, twelve. For now, in this present time, we see as if in a mirror dimly, but then, then one day when this life on earth is over and we're face to face with the Lord, now I know only in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. So we're going to continue this series. On the spirit realm, I wanna, I'm going to be praying and getting direction from the Lord of how he wants this to look, but there's so many things that I want to share with you from God's word. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries sermon podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.